Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to the Masterclass, the Manchester United tactical podcast. Happy New Year. Manchester United have started the year with a fantastic 2-1 victory against a very, very good Villa side and a very informed Villa side. And I've got Rob Blanchett here with me to talk about it. Rob, Happy New Year. How are you today and how happy are you to see Man United joint top of the table? I know it's early on, but joint top still nonetheless with Liverpool. I'm still not looking at the table. Not interested. What I'm interested in is performances and results. And what we saw tonight was a great performance and a really great result. Aston Villa came to play. They're a good team this year. You know, it's not just about Jack Grealish. They've sorted out several positions. They've stepped up to the plate. They're not going down this year. And that's really their main agenda. But you could see in that first half how much control that they've got and how much how well they played. They'll feel that they deserved a point out of this. But the good thing was that Manchester United wanted the three points and they put everything into that to go out and get it and beat a team that maybe gave one of the best performances we've seen at Old Trafford for some time. Absolutely. Rob, let's start with the lineup. So we've got here the graphic from who scored and nothing really surprising for me. I was actually quite happy to see that we went with that Paul Pogba almost playing in that left-hand position. And um, it worked really well tonight, didn't it? So just talk to me a little bit about your thoughts. I mean, it was more of a 4-2-3-1. Obviously, who scored is showing it as a more of a 4-3-3. But uh, give me your thoughts and how well it worked because United were very fluid at a lot of times. Yeah, it was more of a 4-2-3-1. It was a double pivot versus a double pivot. Uh, we knew before the game how Villa would play because they've played like that all season long. You see with Lewis and McGinn, how they play with high energy coming out of the pivot, getting those front three on the front foot, allowing uh, Grealish to kind of move around a little bit more. 
And they were really good at that today, Aston Villa. United countered that with their normal favoured system. Now, I said before the game, I got the, I got the team right, right for the first time in a, a long time. I put my team sheet out and it was exactly the same as Ole put out. Um, I thought that it'd go with Pogba because I thought that Pogba and Fernandes could address Lewis and McGinn. That was my theory behind it. Uh, and that's kind of how it went. You know, Pogba wasn't playing as a really wide left player, but he was playing in that little pocket, you could say, just to the left-hand side of midfield and inside of Bruno. Um, overall, I think the system was great. I think mean, 4-2-3-1, as it showed tonight, doesn't necessarily have to be a negative system. You can be well spread, and as long as you've got ball players in there, and that's the key, having Pogba and Fernandes in the middle of the pitch, it means you can play good football. It means you can move through the gears. And today, Manchester United did, did two things very, very well. They kept the ball much better than we've seen in recent weeks or in recent years even. I thought today it felt like that they knew how to pass the ball and do some of the basics. But the one thing that was beautiful today, which is what we've mentioned in previous masterclasses, is that Manchester United today played with proper fullbacks. Proper fullbacks doing proper modern fullback work. Now, I got a lot of, uh, obviously, criticism about things I've said about Wan-Bissaka in the last week and things I've said before about Luke Shaw and just really about wide players in general and people telling me that fullbacks defend first and attack second. And I say, no, they really attack first now and defend second. And people might say, well, that's a strange way of looking at it. We do know that if you're a right back or a left back, you are there to help that back four and to do your defensive work. But you've got to be progressive on the front foot. And what did we see for that goal today with Aaron Wambasaka? He actually thought, I'm getting on my bike and I'm running with the football in a straight line towards the byline. He doesn't do it enough. Luke Shaw doesn't normally do it enough. But Luke Shaw was also doing that on the side. And you can see that that was something that has obviously been addressed by the coaches. The, you know We've been talking about it for weeks and saying it's a weakness for Manchester United compared to other teams. You saw today Cash at right back for, uh, for Villa. What did he do all day long? He was just a right winger. He was just pushing forward. Like, Putting crosses bomb, in all day, Rob. All bombing day. Bombing forward, getting crosses in, because that is the game of a fullback in the modern age. You know, Again, fans might not want to recognise it, but it's the truth. So I think with Aaron today, um, when you look at maybe who Manchester United have been linked with in the last, say, four or five days, a certain fullback from Norwich City, who is a progressive on the right-hand side, and that's something that we might be talking more about in the weeks to come. Um, Aaron looked like a guy who might be playing for his place today. Uh, he made one really silly mistake for the goal when they managed to get that back in. Loud Grealish this time on his own when he stood in front of the ball. He really should be going back to cover. But that's just a erroneous mistake. You can kind of say, OK, that's just a one-off. But what was really good was that he seemed dialed in today, Wamasaka, And, you know, rightfully was... You know, right up there with our, you know, it was either man of the match or second man of the match, one of the two. See here that uh, who scored have got him there as the man of the match for their ratings. And he deserved that because he did it on the front foot today. You know, on the back foot, he can still do it. He doesn't need teaching those things. He can tackle, he can cover, he can do all of that stuff. But it's going forward. And just when you've got fullbacks who can meet up with players like Pogba, Fernandez, it gives Rashford room, it gives Martial room. If you get that right, you're suddenly title contenders because you're doing these things right. You're doing the things that the title contenders do every year. And that is that their fullbacks go and murder teams. You know, when you look at Liverpool, people say, oh, 
Trent's not good at defending. Well, Trent ain't there to defend. Trent's got 33 assists in the last 18 months. You've got to get forward and offer some value there. You don't have to get an assist every game, but just that that cross there from Wamasaka getting into that position and getting the ball in the box gives Martial a chance, doesn't it? And we're always saying Martial doesn't score dirty goals. Well, that's as dirty as you want. On the front post, I've got to just get my head on it and nod it down. Every striker wants that. And you can see that Martial can do it if someone crosses the ball to him. The issue, I think, most weeks is that ball doesn't come in. So really, really good things from United. Uh, several points of, uh, of an agenda of where we've seen maybe United take a step or two, both in the coaching from what Ole's setting the team up to do, but also in execution. And today, if United don't execute, they probably get beaten. This Villa team is good. And yeah. Villa looked like that if you if you gave them a yard, they were going to take a mile. You know, if you gave Grealish any more space, what did United do every time Grealish got the ball today? They kicked him. Because yeah, that's what you do. Kick him, put him down, put the ball on the deck, stop the game. So you take two or three yellow cards and you do it. But what that does is it just stops that magic moment. And and, and I do want to talk about Grealish as well, saying about obviously the players we want to talk about today. And I'd like to talk about Grealish. But I think as well, later on, it's, it's interesting because obviously he's a player on Manchester United's radar, has been for a long time. And I said there are reasons why he didn't come and why United might not look at him again. But what we saw today with Pogba's position is that if Pogba leaves the football club, there might be a place for a Jack Grealish if United carry on with this system. Yeah, 100%. That's why I was going to add. Rob, I'm going to read out some of the comments before I sort of give you my thoughts on the system. We'll talk about the system and then we'll go on to the fullbacks because that was very key to today's system. So Ben saying here, Bailly's block at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I thought mm. and Mark agrees with me here saying Bailly was fantastic today. Helly is loving Pogba, Bailly and Bruno. Guys, I'm loving the positivity in the comments. Keep them coming. Let us know your thoughts. It's great to see the United fan base on a high. Lokesh is saying here, Pogba had a brilliant game. Absolute baller. And we've got G Fox here. Good evening, ladies and gents. Happy New Year. What a great result. Joint top of the league. Let's go. Helen also saying, best player was Pogba and Bai. Love them. Just scares me <clears throat> that always in the second half, we're just turning into the second team not finishing wide open gaps, having to defend ourselves. Rob, we'll address that a little bit later, but my thoughts on the system. So what I saw was I saw a system that was fluid on the front foot. And that's not something that we saw. I felt against Wolves. We were a little bit slow, a bit disjointed. It didn't look like this side had played, you know, three games in six days or whatever it was. We looked very fresh. And what I liked is that we could fit our two star players into the side. And that's Pogba and Bruno for me in, in, Areas where I felt like they could do cause real damage. Now we've seen Paul Pogba deeper, but I felt him in that forward, you know, sort of left position, he looks dangerous, doesn't he? He looks like he can affect a game. And that's what you want to see Paul Pogba doing. And then what you saw is you saw the two defensive midfielders holding. So Fred and McTominay essentially allowing them to go forward, allowing the fullbacks to go forward. And what I liked as well is Rashford on the right, we were more balanced in our attack. Now, is this something that you, a formation that United can use going forward? Because one of the problems, I think, with the formation is that going the other way, I think Pogba a few times let Cash go, and that's a bit of a concern. So can United play this formation against bigger sides, or is this just a formation where we'll have more of the ball, so that's how it will work? I think we'll see this formation more and more. Like Holly's used to playing 4 2 3 one anyway, but it's more about where do the pieces of the puzzle fit. Now, one of the key pieces of the puzzle is where you play Marcus Rashford, because Marcus Rashford normally starts on the left. We all know this. 
if you move Marcus Rashford, and this what this is what I did with my team when I put out on Twitter beforehand, I put him on the right because it means that you can then have two ball players. You can have someone on the left coming more narrow to the channel. That also meets up in a nice perfect triangle with Martial. Martial plays on that side as well. So if you've got Pogba, um, Bruno and Martial there, they're in a really nice system to go and play together and attack. Marcus, as we know, likes to run with the ball. Marcus actually wants to dribble. So he actually fitted today on the right-hand side better. So I'm not too fussed about Pogba letting um, Cash go because the whole idea is that if Pogba's got the ball in the final third, Cash can't go. Just can't. But Cash did. He kept going. But that stretched the game. And again, I'm happy for that. You know, if, if a team wants to come to Old Trafford and play punch and counterpunch, Bring it on, you know, every week, you know. And I think today, United, like, I know what Helen said there uh, coming towards the end of the game. It doesn't surprise me that Villa are looking for a point and going for a goal. But I actually think United maintain control through the whole 90 minutes. So even at the end there, United generally, about two or three times when Fred lost the ball kind of strangely, and it's like kind of like, just, just keep it, you know, just pass it and do the simple stuff. Don't, you know, don't be overdoing it. Don't be overcooking it. United actually seemed to have the confidence to see the game through. So even though we got to the final moments and Villa was still up there and trying to get a chance, that doesn't surprise me. That's the Premier League. You're going to get that. The whole point is that you get over the line. And in, you know, in times gone by, we've talked about it so much about how United haven't been able to do that. This week, they were able to do that against a very forceful team. I think Villa did probably deserve a point maybe on the whole outlook of the play. But what was good was that United always pushed the question. United were always saying, we want the three points. We're in a title race here. This looks like a Manchester United team in a title race. Doesn't Didn't look like a Manchester United team, you know, you know, bobbling around in sixth or seventh or not quite sure of their own identity. You know, and even, you know, people talk about Paul Pogba and about, you know, how he plays. Today, Pogba was on a different level, you know, both in the fact that he was energetic he was going for everything. He's he's in the air. He's getting smashed in the face with blood coming out of his mouth. He's playing the way that people want to see him play that kind of get fans hot and high. But ultimately, it's what he does on the deck. And for the goal, you know, we, we talked about Wambasaka's ball into the box. The, the little flick over the top of, the, of McGinn and then the header onto Rashford. Unreal. That's what the goal is all about. The goal is all about flair and creativity. And Manchester United, in what, two, three, four, five years? I've had no flair and creativity. Seven years, what? Rob. Seven Forever. years. I can't even remember. I feel, <laughs> you know, I feel too old for it. Now. I just kind of look back and think, <laughs> when, when was it? You know, when did we play with flair? So someone like Pogba can give you that. I think Bruno, obviously, as well, can give you that. And the, the kind of starting positions for me were perfect today. So if, if we were playing in a Champions League final tomorrow against anyone, this is the team, this is the formation, these are the players that I would have played in these positions. You can always week to week mess around and say, do I want to and Zabi at right back or centre back or, you know, I don't like Lindelof this week. For me, the this 11 is Manchester United's best 11, the one we saw today. And I and I think they brought it. I thought there was there were so many positives being on front foot, not just the attacking football, but just the endeavour, you know, just getting stuck in and just not, not really caring. And like I'm saying, taking care of Grealish professionally. Manchester City stop teams by letting Fernandinho go and kick people in the middle of the park. That is a direct instruction from Pep. You know, all-encompassing, beautiful football Pep. Because you have to do it sometimes. So United did that today. Every time Grealish got in the ball, I said before the game, go and make him play where he doesn't want to play. 
and he was on the right. He didn't want to play on the right. He was coming deep in halfway line. He doesn't want to come in halfway line. He wants to play on the left. That's where they scored from. So because United kept him out of that position most of the game, either by pushing him out, fouling him, keeping him in areas where he's less dangerous, they actually did the difficult part of the defensive job by to dealing with Rob as well. He was making a lot of... He made the most joint most fouls in the game. He was frustrated. You saw how many times he was swearing. Yeah. He was frustrated because United identified him. And that's, that's what I was really happy to see, Rob, is that... It wasn't just on the ball that we looked good. We were working hard off the ball. And that's really important. When Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in, he said, I want us to be the hardest working side. And for a long time, it didn't really seem like that. But yeah. you can't doubt any of these players' commitment. I'm, I'm saying every single player on that pitch today. And you can't doubt that they're playing for the manager. I think that's really key for me. Yeah, they're definitely playing for the manager. And they're playing for each other. You know, and they're playing for the fans. They're playing for the badge. So all of those things are, are evident now in this game but also evident in previous weeks. Even when they've not played so well, we've seen kind of, I always talk about the tick box exercise. So there's 10 boxes you want ticked. You know, if you get eight of them, then fine. But you kind of then got to look at the final two and say, what are the two that you're missing? Well, if United, it generally is creativity and ball retention, stuff like that. You know, the kind of basics of the game. You know, fullbacks bombing on, overlapping, doing those kind of basic jobs that fullbacks are supposed to do. They're doing all of those things now. And, and what you hope now going forward for, say, the next 10 games is that they can replicate what we saw tonight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row. Because if they do that, they will come very close to winning all 10 games, even playing the likes of Liverpool in the middle of that. Because if United play at the highest level that they can play at, at the moment, they're as good as any team in this division. And with Liverpool having injuries... They will not want a deal with Pogba standing off the penalty box with Bruno, with Rashford's pace wide coming against their fullbacks who are great going forward, but maybe not so great going back. And Martial, I'm telling you, like you saw today, this is why he is the number nine he has to, has to play. It's not whether he's the greatest number nine in the world. It just means for the system and for the players, this fits. This allows everyone to be themselves, to live in their own skins and to be themselves to, to, to express themselves and I always talk about coaches telling players to express themselves United did that today fullbacks central midfielders you know Maguire ran the line well you know De Gea made two or three really good saves you can see he was kind of dialed in there was just lots and lots of positives and no one will want to play this Manchester United team when they're playing like this 100% Rob Rob I'm going to read out some of the comments here some fantastic ones so we've got Ben saying here, I enjoyed that game. Winning that with the pressure on is huge for momentum and morale. Absolutely. G Fox is talking about Bruno. I dislike Bruno shaking his head when you get subbed. It doesn't look good. He's a star, but he has to stop showing that frustration. But I love that, by the way, Rob. I love the I fact he's it. frustrated. Because at the end it. of the day, yeah, he doesn't want to come off the pitch. He wants to give yeah. everything for the cause. I absolutely love it. It's for me, it's not a sign of petulance. I think it's it's brilliant. It's not like he went around and threw his shin pads and all, all that sort of thing. He wants to play. And you need more players like that who want to play every single minute, whether he's played three games in six days, whether he's played one in 50, it doesn't matter. You ever he seen, you ever seen Salah and Mane when they go off? Yeah, Salah they get really when they go off. They look like someone slapped them around the faces. And that is what you want. You want winners who say, I want to be on the pitch to win this game. Bruno wants to be on the pitch to win it. But it was the right tactical decision to do at that time, to bring on Dan James, who's a runner, who's going to stick with cash, as we talked about, just for the last five minutes, because Bruno's not a runner. So Bruno will go and do all the press and, and that kind of running. But when you're going backwards, you need to 
maybe tweak your game plan. So it was the right substitution to make. But I, I love it. I, I want to see people upset about that. When I played football, I was upset. If I ever came off, I didn't want to. You know, yeah. I wanted, and I will show people. And I'd be like, you know, yeah, I do look like a miserable you-know-what. I don't care. I'm here to win. I'm not here to make up numbers. And Bruno certainly isn't here to make up numbers. So, no, I'm all right with that. When he went off, it was all kind of highlighted and he kind of trudged off. But also that's part of the game in terms of, like, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to look a bit mardy. I'm going to walk off. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'll waste a few seconds doing that. And yeah. that's what he did. I'm good with that. So am I. We've got a great comment here from the Green Devil. One small step for United, one giant leap for these players. It, I think the last two victories for me, Rob, have been very, very important because last week is the sort of game that we would have we would have drawn. And this week as well, as soon as that goal went in for Villa, we went straight back the other end and, yeah. and got the penalty. That was the key for me. Too many times, opposition have scored, especially at Old Trafford, and we've allowed them back in and we've been holding on. But no, we went and we... We, you know, we took it into our own hands, and again, Pogba rolled. Uh, I don't know who the Villa defender was. I think it might have been Cash or uh, or Mings, and we got the penalty. And Bruno, fifteen out of sixteen now. I mean, that's just a fantastic record. But we're going to go on now, Rob, to Wambasaka, and there's a comment here from Lakesh saying Wambasaka was brilliant today. I'm feeling confident that Aaron's will find the competition difficult if he does come. Competition's a funny thing, Rob, isn't it? Because there's a great comment here from Asoko. Rob tweeted that Wambasaka has been listening to the masterclass. I fully agree. Now let's talk a little bit about that Wambasaka debate that blew up a little bit yesterday on Twitter. So we talk about Wambasaka a lot on this podcast. It's not because we don't like Wambasaka. It's not because uh, we want him out of the team. The modern day fullback, Rob, needs to do both. Now those that are saying, "Oh, but he tackles," but that's just not enough anymore. Now football evolves, right? So. What what was working ten years ago isn't working now. What's working now might not work ten years uh, ten years time. So for me, what I loved about Wambasaka today, today, especially with the goal, is that that he drove he drove with directness and intent, and he went and clipped a fantastic ball into the box. We haven't seen him do that, have we? We've seen him get the ball bit and bit like Antonio Valencia, look inside, pass it back. There wasn't that intent and. We've seen what's happened to Luke Shaw, where when he's had Teles come in, and Teles hasn't been particularly brilliant, but Luke Shaw's gone up another level. I thought, he was, again, he was fantastic today. It's overlapping runs, his desire. He looks fit. He looks as fit as he did before the leg break. He's playing his best football right now. And you look at Wambasaka, you know, that's one assist, three dribbles. No United player had more, which is uh, crazy because, you know, he's not been playing well at all. And he had a 94% pass success rate as well. He looked much better with Rashford on that right as well. I felt like that helped him out a lot because Rashford held his position a little bit more. He wasn't coming inside, I, I felt, as much as Greenwood would on his left. But talk to me about what your thoughts are on Wan-Bissaka and just clarify it because I think some people have taken it completely wrong and they've thought you're going after him. And it's nothing like that at all. It's just objective and Wan-Bissaka hasn't played well enough. If he carries on playing like this, there's no problems, are there? There's no problems. If he does this every week, we'll be saying we love Aaron Wambasaka and well done, mate. You know, that's what we want. I, I will explain it. You know, I've, I've, I have said it on the podcast before in other places. Um, Aaron Wambasaka went to my school that I went to. Yeah, He's from three roads away from where I grew up in the same estate that we grew up. To, not together. I'm a bit older, but from the same area. And obviously very, very proud that someone who came from where I grew up wears a Manchester United shirt. It's fantastic. You know, it's great. My kids love that and I love that. But ultimately, you've got to be there to do it and do it correctly and do it to a higher standard every week. So like you just said there, 100%, 
you can't just be in the team to tackle. It's not a thing anymore. Nobody stay, even the midfielders in the old day where you have a, a hatchet man who would go and chase people to just go and get a foul in. You know, that, that doesn't really happen anymore. You don't play those style of players. Now, we know that Aaron can defend. Um, I think when you saw today, I think it was about the 16th minute where, again, he got caught on the outside. The ball, uh, Greedish was playing on the far right. He swung the ball over the top and he swung it over the left-back position. And it, and we saw Wamsaka was too narrow. He was about five yards away from uh, Bailly. And you're kind of like, you should be spreading this way. And I think it was McGinn who got the volley in and, uh, and, and De Gea to make a save. Now, they're little things that Wamsaka needs to get better at. Now, people talk about defending. That is what I call defending. Tackling isn't what I call defending. That's just part of the physical challenge of the game. But it's your course, awareness, you, the positional awareness is something. Positional awareness. So if you're the fullback, one thing you're always told, whether you're right back or left back, don't get too narrow. Hold the shape, hold the line. Don't play people on side and don't go with the runner. So the thing is with Warren, when he looks inside, he sees the runner and he gets attracted. And then there's two players marking one player. Then the ball goes over his head and someone at the far post can score. And we've seen that happen in the last year or so, several times. Nearly happened in this game today. But what was really good was Aaron Wambasaka's response. And that was when he got the ball on the deck, you could see that whether he reads the newspapers and understands that there might be a lad from Norwich on his way here of Aaron's. And obviously Manchester United have, have been looking at him, I think going back to when they actually signed Wambasaka, he was also on the list. If United are looking at a progressive and looking at someone who can go on the outside, then you go and buy Aaron's for 20 million. But wouldn't it be better just to keep that 20 million and tell Aaron Wambasaka to do that job? Because he can. I think Wambasaka has confidence issues at times in terms of if I go, will I, you know, will I fail my defensive duties? That's what I'm known for. Do I, you know, am I going to give that up? No, you don't. You don't have to give it up. You just have to be better on the front foot. It means that in a, in a straight line run and you're running with someone, you got beaten to the byline with a ball at your feet. And he did that. And that's where the goal comes from because he's progressive because he knows he wants to do it. And that's what we all know that Wambasaka can do and he doesn't do enough. And yes, I did get a ton of stick on Twitter. People saying, oh, you're going after him. And I don't go after players. Like, hey, you know this. I've said this. I can, I can comment about players and for me be completely kind of objective about objective, why, yeah. why we're talking about these players. And that is about we want them to be better. And it's never a popularity contest. Like I just said, Dale, I love Aaron. I love it that he's from where I'm from. Fantastic. But that's not what I'm judging him on, is it? I can't judge him on that he lived three roads from where I, where I lived. It's crap, you know. But unfortunately, this is what we see in football, a game of populism. Today, Luke Shaw was absolutely fantastic on the left. And yet, of course, there's so many people that hate Luke Shaw. But you've got to say to it, Luke Shaw went and did the job today. Now, if Luke Shaw does that every week, and I think I said it on Usman's podcast at the start of the season, I said, Luke Shaw could be our player of the season. And what I meant by that is that if you get a left back who gives you that width and overlaps, it changes your whole team. Your whole team suddenly becomes this big attacking force. Now, Man United are getting it sorted at left back. They're getting it sorted at right back. And oh my word, they're near the top of the table. These things are not coincidences. You know, they come together. You start to win games. You get better performances. You get you get higher up the table. And then the teams like Liverpool start looking behind them and going, we don't like this. We don't like being chased. We, we much preferred it when we were 20 points clear last year. That that's We're happier in those roles and we can play our football. Put some pressure on them. 
then you might find that you are in a title race simply because they respond in a negative manner and you keep winning football matches. Absolutely, Rob. And you've got to remember as well, Liverpool had, I mean, by Christmas, you knew they were going to win the league. So this is a new proposition for them. I know Man City won it the year before, but they haven't had a side that's going to chase them. It's not just us. There's a few behind as well. It's going to be really interesting to see how they actually buckle under the pressure because I remember a lot of times last season when it came to Liverpool, like you said last week or the last time we recorded this podcast, you watched a few of their games and there was a lot of last minute goals. They weren't as good as their record suggested. So I think what's happening now is things are leveling out a little bit. And there's a lot of confidence, I was saying, this United side. You saw at the end of the game how they all absolutely mobbed Eric Bailly. There's a great atmosphere. There's a great togetherness with the boys. And that, that shouldn't be discounted. The football's important. But the atmosphere around the club is important as well. And it's, it feels like we're slowly, slowly turning it round. And I'm absolutely delighted. But there's a lot of questions here, Rob. Yeah, it's um, and I'm going to ask you this question because it's about Rashford and I've had this about three or four times. Sorry, guys, if I've missed it, but um, we've got Alex over here. Rob, can Rashford's decision-making be improved? He has some dreadful tunnel vision at times. I know Helen's asked that and I think James might ask that as well. Marcus Rashford, I feel like he can be a player who, look, his numbers don't lie. He's been fantastic this season. He's scored more goals, I think, than rest of us don't front three combined so he's obviously doing something right and he's playing poorly in scoring but I think one of the biggest frustrations and I think remember early on in the second half when Rashford had the ball and all he had to do was slide Bruno in and he takes it and he tries to go on his left and gets tackled I think one area of his game that he does need to improve is his decision making but do you think that moving him out to the right hand side is the reason why maybe he's less decisive because you know when you see him on the left he cuts in he goes for a shot he's much more decisive but moving to that right hand side still learning that position a little bit do you think that's the case and is that something that frustrates you about Marcus Rashford it doesn't frustrate me because I think football is a game with decisions and as you get older or as you improve your decision makings improve as well now Marcus Rashford has played a lot of football for someone of his age so if you take Marcus Rashford from day one to where we are now all these years later, from where he was with Louis van Gaal to now where he is with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, there's no doubt that Marcus Rashford is pushing his way towards becoming a world-class player. He's getting there. Not there yet, but he's getting there. So again, I think when I hear questions like that, today, you know, he was playing out of position, so you do have to take that into account. You could see that when he was running, he was trying to obviously come cut back inside because that's his game. And of course, when he cuts back inside on his right foot from the left then he's in play. The danger is there because he's a right-footed striker. That's how he likes to strike the ball. And today he was coming on his left and what was he doing? Having to go back on his right, having to make the extra movement. So I wasn't overly, you know, I'm not, I'm not again, I don't get high on that kind of criticism too much because that's the kind of thing that you do go to a training ground and you start working on. You say, right, if I'm playing on the right now, I'm doing something slightly different. Therefore, I have to adjust the way that I train. And that's what the kind of conversations that Ole will be having with him. Now, he won't be saying to Marcus, yep, you're the right winger now for the rest of the season. You're going to play on the right side of the attack and that's that. But I think that if you allow him to play on the right, that opens up the rest of the pitch for other players. So today, Rashford keeps the width a little bit more. It means that Pogba can come and take the channel. It means that Bruno can play more as a 10. Bruno was more of a 10 today rather than as a false nine, as we've seen him in other weeks. Why was that? That was because Martial was playing as a bona fide nine on the last man. So that shape allows you to be dangerous. And I think United were dangerous today. And and on another day, yeah, you let's say about decision-makings. Again, if you get everything right, you win every game 12-0. 
you know, if I make 12 decisions and they're all right and they're fantastic and every shot goes in the top corner, then that's great, isn't it? I think it's valid to question it as, as obviously our, our viewers are questioning it hit there. But I'm not going to let that in a victory be like the deciding factor. If it, if it was like you made five mistakes and United lost 3-0, then you can kind of say, right, hang on, like, let's go backwards and find out what the problem is. Marcus Rashford's still got lots of learning to do, lots of growing to do. Now, we know that his status as an MBE and obviously someone who's now in our in the public eye and a public figure because of what he's done off the field, we know there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on him. And I've said before, as a young black man, there'll be lots of more scrutiny on him. That's how it works. But for him as a footballer, I think he's come a long way already. He's on the journey. He's one of our leaders. He starts every game. He starts every game for a reason. As I said before, I'd like to see him rest a bit more, to sit on the bench. Not tonight. I thought it was the right thing to play him if he's ready and to play him on the right because it just gives United a bit more width. Um, no, for me, not Marcus. I think Marcus and, Mar and Anthony Marshall have both got things to learn in their roles in the team. But I tell you what, they're two players that pretty much every team in the world would want. I'm telling you that now. We talk about Real Madrid and Barcelona, all the top clubs. Every one of those clubs would love one or those players or two of them in their attack simply because of the pace that they've got and the upside that they bring. And they're just they're just very, very good modern forwards. You know, they can do lots of different things within systems. So uh, I, I was okay with Marcus today. I think on the right-hand side, he did that job. And he also allowed Wambasaka because he was coming narrow. There was a channel on the wing for Wambasaka to go and exploit. And maybe you could say in weeks gone by that Wambasaka hasn't had a right-sided play that does that for him. We know how um, Mason plays there, but Mason is looking to score from that channel. He's not looking to stretch the play. So, yeah, I liked it. I liked what I saw from Marcus today. I wasn't too uh, too down on anything that he did. Yeah, and something to add to that, Rob, as well, is that we said this many times on the podcast, United don't play with wingers. Not many teams do play with wingers, and that's why this debate on Twitter raged on, oh, well, the wings provide wingers provide the width. There are no wingers. They're inside nope. forwards. And so that's why I do feel as well with Wambasaka. He's had Mason, but Mason hasn't played as much this season. He's had Mata play in front of him. He's had um, Bruno at a time play, you know, I think the City game it was perhaps, or uh, or the Chelsea game. He's had Mata, Dan James. So it's there hasn't been someone regularly that's played in that spot. But I feel that when Marcus has played that, I think United have looked more balanced. We saw that against Wolves when Marcus went over to right, Marcel on to the left. It gave Pogba also more space because he's playing in that right sort of pocket as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely something that Oli will be looking to do more. But United have options now, don't they, Rob? And that's the key. Not even six months ago, United wouldn't have been able to do this much and tinker around this much. And that's the key. And I think one of the biggest positives for me today was that I thought McTominay struggled. And I think he struggles when he's asked to, one, play progressively, and two, when he doesn't have as much time and space on the ball. I think he's a really good player in terms of breaking things down. But I think if United do want to get to that next level, they need someone next to Fred who is better on the ball, who can who can play perhaps the more intricate passes, which I don't think that Tommy has. Maybe he'll develop it. But I think the biggest thing for me today was that Oli made that change and brought Matic on. And that was key for me because Matic is one player who uh, you know gives that sort of defensive stability and security, but he's also better on the ball. And I thought that that was... That was good for me because Oli sometimes isn't as proactive in his substitutions. It's funny because I've got a question here from Monitoring FC. How do you assess McTominay and Matic's performance today? Why was that sub made? For me, Rob, I just thought McTominay wasn't the game for him in terms of I felt that 
like I said, not enough space, not enough time on the ball. He's good defensively, but I think when United needed someone to calm things down a little bit, get a foothold in the game, I thought Matic was the right player to bring on. Yes and no. I agreed with the substitution 100%. And when, when obviously we saw Matic warming up, I, I knew he was coming off automatically. It wasn't Fred. It was going to be McTominay. Uh, it, I, again, it's what a player's function is. right? <laughs> Scott McTominay is not a ball player. So if we expect him to be better at passing the ball, it's kind of, it's like saying it to Darren Fletcher years ago, come in the team, Fletch, and do what you do, but be a better ball player. But it doesn't work like that. You know, you have a role, you do your role. And I think in the double pivot, in this kind of game, it was all about breaking up that play in front of the midfield. So those two are sitting deep. You know you've got your three in front who are all going to break away at pace or be positionally in a kind of more um, uh, set formation to be able to get the ball wide and to kind of spread the play. Your job is not to do that. I don't want Scott McTominay trying to be more progressive in the double pivot. I want Scott McTominay to tackle and give the ball to someone who can pass the ball. That's his job. So I don't really see it like that. I think Matic can pass the ball, but I think it's negligible. I don't think he's that much of a better ball player. I think he's slow. I think he's cumbersome. But what he does do is he reads the game because he's a veteran and he might be able to just stay with someone with, with maybe a little bit less work than Scott. Scott's game is about high energy, getting in people's faces. And he did it early on. He was getting people's faces and then, you know, the referee was giving him a ticking off and you're thinking, you're going to end up in a book here or potentially a red card. So I think that those things are what were in Ole's head later on in the game. That's why you bring Matic in just to calm it down a little bit, bring it down a level. What did Matic do for the first 10 minutes he was on the pitch? Chase people and kick them. It, he didn't calm it down at all. He came on and he, he carried on doing what, what Scotty was doing. So I think the game plan was quite set. And I think if you've got these players that do their roles, let's not try and expect them to be things that they're not. You know, I often say this, when Pogba plays in a double pivot, we know he's not the greatest tackler of the, in, in the game. So don't make him tackle. Let him intercept. Let him get on the ball. And if you need a ball player in the double pivot, you play Pogba there, don't you? So, you know, like we saw at the end of the game, what happened? They brought two and Zabie on just to kind of put someone who can intercept, get the ball down and just play out a little bit more from the back. I think United got that right today. I don't think there was anything in terms of uh, selection where I thought, oh, well, they could have done that or tweaked this. That would have been better. Uh, as I said, I think that as a, as a starting eleven goes, I think that this is Manchester United, pound for pound, man for man, out of this whole eleven, this is their best eleven, their best formation, and their best chance of beating any team in the world that they put in front of them. Because four two three one allows you to spread the play, but it also gives you that kind of defensive stability in front of Maguire. You're not as worried about runners because you've just got more people around the ball, and then you're out like a shot. You can get the ball to Bruno. Bruno turns, get the ball to Pogba. It doesn't take. It takes them a second to get the ball off there from from those positions on the halfway line, and I like that today because I think they fought fire with fire in many senses because Villa are a team who are going to attack you. And you saw from the first few minutes, Hayda. I don't know if you noticed, but um, Villa didn't press at all today at all. So most teams come to Old Trafford and they'll play the low block, but they will press. They'll press first and then drop. And Villa didn't do any of that. Villa just kind of ripped it up and went, "No, we do. We're going to do what we want to do," and it looked good. You know, it's a bit like when we played Leeds. It looked good. But ultimately, like Leeds, Leeds lost their game against Manchester United and so did Aston Villa. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I've got a comment here from Joseph. Sorry, over here. Uh, we gave Villa too much credit playing Fred McTominay. I have to disagree with that, probably, Rob, because... For Is that me the team that scored seven against Liverpool? We what? gave them too much credit. 
you know, Villa scored seven against Liverpool, right? We can't not give them too much credit. Do you know what I mean? We saw tonight why they're good. They are Every at side. the moment, at the moment, they are playing like a top six team. Now, Aston Villa might not be everyone's, you know, favourite fancy at the end of the day, but they are playing really good football. That first half, I, when it was half time, I was sitting here going, wow, this is a really good team. And we're going to, if we get three points today, this is an, a mega well, three points. They went to Chelsea and played them off the park. They're yeah. 14 shots today. The expected uh, goals is is pretty high and yeah. they're still scoring. They're a really good side. They've bought really well. They've yeah. got pace on the counter. The fullbacks provide an attacking threat. They've got quality midfield. Douglas Louise and McGinn are a fantastic, fantastic midfield yeah. partnership. They're going to be a bigger club. They're oh, going to be a bigger club. Yeah, well, we talk about maybe United yeah. signing a midfielder. Douglas Louise has got everything that you want as a player. Yeah, 100%. He could either play in a double pivot, which is what he played tonight, or just playing progressively. So which he is why kind of City bought him. It's, it, that's why you look at that kind of balance of where you actually kind of want players to play and what you want them to do, the simple stuff. I think when you look at what Villa have done, they've just found that kind of motion around letting Grealish have the keys. So Grealish is kind of... You know, you can kind of see him flitting around a pitch like Beckham with his, you know, looking beautiful and thinking who he is, you know, you know, Britain's next top model and all of this stuff. But he's actually got the quality to play it as well. Yeah. But what United did do is they made him go and play in areas that he didn't really want to play. And that hurt Villa overall. But no, no, you see, I don't like all that. You've got to give teams respect. They would have set up today, United, by reading the progress reports. They would have looked at what Villa have done and gone, wow, look at their numbers. This is not a joke. This is not a team who are going to get relegated this year. This is a team who are going to be in the top half and probably deserve to be there. And they might continue it for the next month or two. So if we don't give them that respect and don't play the double pivot, they might slice through us. I think Grealish, without a double pivot today, he probably goes and wins them the game because he just wouldn't have someone on him. He'd find the space and he'd have chances to get shots off. Remember we said in the last podcast about Grealish's goal at Old Trafford? Yeah, the fantastic goal that he scored. Why did he score that goal? It's because the midfielder who was marking him, Andres Pereira, just stood 20 yards off him and thought, well, he's on the right-hand side. He's not going to shoot from there. Oops, he shot from there. Oh, oops, he scored. If you let things go like that, then you get punished. And I think United did the right thing today by giving them that extra respect. To add to that as well, Rob, United still had 19 shots today. Playing the double pivot for me, I always think, oh, is there enough creativity? That is a problem for me. But you've got Paul Pogba on the pitch playing on the left and Bruno Fernandes ahead. So it doesn't matter. Actually, you need to have those two there sitting disciplined to allow Paul Pogba to play the way he's playing. So for me, no, there's no problem. And I agree with you, actually, that I, I'm fine with that double pivot if Paul Pogba's in the side. If he's not in the side, then yeah, I'd be thinking maybe you need to drop him back or if, you're, if you've got another winger there, you know, perhaps it's not going to work as much, too much pressure on Bruno Fernandes, you know, to be the creative force in this side. But Pogba coming in today, and we'll move on to Pogba now, Rob. I mean, I thought he was fantastic today. He covered every blade of grass. It's quite funny because when you play praise Paul Pogba, there is a there is a section of the fan base that just can't bring themselves to do it. Oh, why is he playing? He's just playing for a move. It doesn't really matter, Rob, for me, if I'm being honest with you. If Paul Pogba goes on the pitch, and you can't tell me at all today that Paul Pogba is not trying hard and he's not playing for the shirt. He might be trying to play to up his value, but that works for United. Paul Pogba plays well and May United win the league. I don't care if he goes at the end of the season. He's brought us a trophy and good luck to you. But anyone that's doubting why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is picking Paul Pogba... You just have to watch the way he played tonight. He's got immense quality on the ball, immense ability. And when you're playing in a position where he can go and 
probably, you know, I would say probably that's his best position playing further on. If you can go and play in that position and affect the game in areas that are dangerous for the opposition, then what you see is you see a player who just looks on a different level. And so for me, what I loved about him, though, the most was that he was getting his head stuck in. And that's something people have doubted him for. He, you know, all bloody mouth and everything. Four aerial uh, duels that he won, I believe. Two key passes, four shots. He was everywhere. And I just felt like that's a Paul Pogba we've been waiting to see. And anyone that is doubting it, just see how he's played today. And the last three or four weeks, he's been one of United's best players. So, and there's a lot of questions about Donny van der Beek and Joseph saying, still think Donny could have done that job. No, he couldn't. Not today. No way. Not today. <laughs> and every week we say, and this is not to say we don't like Donny. <laughs> Yahoo's asking, does Donny have a chance to get more time, game time in the system? Okay, let's answer it. Let's, before before we, we crack on with that, let's, let's answer that because it's, it is important because I know that fans do think this. You could have played Donny van der Beek in that 4-2-3-1 today. You would not have got the same production from Donny van der Beek on the left-hand side. Uh, I, I saw a few tweets before the game and people obviously, uh, when I put my team out and say why I want to play that team, why I want United to set up like that, people say to me, well, you can play Donny in, in, the, in the double pivot. You can play Donny. We've got this Dutch play. He played in the Ajax system. Surely he can pass out from the back. You know, let's just reiterate what Donny van der Beek is. He's an attacking midfielder. He's a number 10. He's a Frank Lampard. Would you have told Frank Lampard to go and sit in front of your back four when Frank Lampard was Frank Lampard? No, you wouldn't have done. Would you have told Frank Lampard to go and play on the left-hand side of a 4-2-3-1 when he was at Chelsea? No, you wouldn't have because you're going, he's not going to be able to do it. You know, it's the same for Donny. He doesn't have that flexibility that Paul Pogba has. Paul Pogba can play in a double pivot as the ball player. So if you, if you want a ball player from the back, a quarterback, you can pick the ball up very quickly and distribute with accuracy. You play Paul Pogba there. You would play Paul Pogba there over Scott McTominay. So if you're, that's your system, that's what you would do. When you look at it today, and as I said before the game, I wanted United to exploit their double pivot with ball playing. So McGinn will work all day long. You'll get in your face. He's got technical quality on the ball. Lewis, you can see, has got quality as well. But how do you negate that? Well, you negate that by playing in front of them. You tell them to come and chase you. But you can't chase them if you've got someone playing maybe at one pace. Now, Donny does that. We've said this. Donny plays at Eredivisie, you know, Holland, Nether, so, Netherlands. So Tellez, Rob, and so did so Fred did when he joined. They're struggling yeah, of course, to... Fred did it for a year. Fred did it for a whole year. Now Fred plays at Premier League pace. You see that. He made some mistakes later on in the second half, and that did hurt United. But he plays at Premier League pace now. He looks like a Premier League footballer. And Donny's going to take his time. Now, this is the whole thing, is that because people hate Pogba, because of his agent, because of the newspapers, because... You know, he dances at weddings and has funny coloured hair. You know, they don't like him for all of these silly reasons. But ultimately, when Ollie's there picking the team, he has his progress reports, he has his sports science. He looks at that and he says, I want to exploit their double pivot. What can I do? So you play the guy that's actually the right person to play there, not the one that you maybe fancy. He might be probably saying to himself, I'd love to get Donny involved more, but it's just not right at the moment. And I see that. I see that. I don't think Donny has a good game today. I don't think Donny joins the dots in this high-energy Premier League game. This was, I think, one of the best games of the season so far, whether it's got Man United in it or not. You know, I think this is kind of like it was an exciting game for the neutral. Again, this would have gone out around the world and people would be watching this. And people would be going, oh, this Man United team, they're not that bad, actually, are they? We've been used to seeing them fail and look nervous in their own skin and all of this. I don't think it was the right game to have Donny in. Donny in time to come might be able to play 
behind, say, Anthony Martial if you find something else for Bruno to do. But like I said in the last podcast, you'd be crazy, wouldn't you, dropping Bruno out of that just to bring in someone because you want to play them, you know? It didn't. It wouldn't make any kind of tangible well, sense, well, would it? The biggest, the biggest problem. Okay, look, there's Donny Van der Beek. I don't think there's any United fan who dislikes him. You know, and the problem is people dislike Pogba. So, they, like you said, they can't differentiate between Paul Pogba, the player, and Paul Pogba, the the media image that's been presented of him. And the problem is, I was seeing it today. I said Paul Pogba's covered every blade of grass. He's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. Someone's like, apart from when he's walking, it's like. But this is what I'm trying to say. So it doesn't matter what you say. Now, with Van der Beek, Van der Beek's a, a very talented player, completely different players. And also, the other thing about Van der Beek is fans, because he's new, he's a new player, new shiny toy, everyone wants him to play. The pressure that's going to be on this lad when he does play, and he, he's not going to play to the level that we expect. I don't, I don't know what people are expecting. If well, they're expecting look, everyone, a player to do these raking passes, he isn't going to do that. He's no, a clever no. player with great spatial awareness. He makes great runs into the box. He's good with the ball at his feet. The biggest problem, Rob, is his positional awareness. Now, like you said, it comes down to the pace of the league, which is stop-start. We spoke about this last week. Eredivisie, he's playing number six there. The Eredivisie is not as physical, not as quick, not as demanding. It doesn't change as quickly in pace. So, of course, he's going to be able to play there. He's been in England for, what, three, four months now? It's going to take a bit of time. Now, if he's unhappy, that's a good thing, Rob. I don't want him to be happy sitting on the bench. But right now, as it stands, this is not to do with his ability because I think technically he's a better football than Fred McTominay. But as it stands, he's United's last choice midfielder to be selected purely because he doesn't fit the needs in the system yet. Now, that doesn't mean he won't. And later on, we could see us in March where United are in a title race and they need a fresh Donny van der Beek. Bruno's mm -hmm. played a lot of games. And then that's what we talk about with squad depth. He could be really key later on. But right now, why change something when it's working? Look, Bruno Fernandes is going to slip over in his kitchen tonight yeah, and break his elbow. Yeah, so that happens. Donny plays. So th this is the whole point about bringing players in who can do certain things in certain systems. So, again, I think fans just have to be a bit more calmer about it and just wait. And that's how players are told as well. Like, I know like fans get frustrated, but players are told exactly the same thing on the training ground. They go, go and train hard. And then when we look at the systems, we might be able to fit you in. But in a game like this, where you're playing a hot Aston Villa team who are playing really, really well, you have to put your best team out there. As I said, you have to almost treat it like it's a Champions League final. You know, you have to go out there and say, right, this is going to be arm-to-arm combat. We can't be weak in one position today because we'll lose because of that. What was good today was all 11 positions were strong. Everyone fought hard. You couldn't really criticise anyone. You don't come off the pitch. Just think, Hayda, let's go back six months, 12 months. After every United game, we were going, well, three players played well, but seven were awful. Yeah. Or some weeks we were going, well, maybe this week six played well, but five weren't very good. Sometimes you know? it was seven were awful. Rob. So we're That's not doing that. We're not doing that as much. And that in itself is a sign of progression and a sign that this United team are getting on because we're getting to the end of games and going, I was actually all right, happy with that. Thought that was, all, I thought that was quite good. Fe they felt like they gelled together today. It felt like that they really wanted the three points. It didn't feel woolly. It didn't feel that they kind of couldn't uh, bring each other up at that vital moment. Like you just said there, where Bailly makes the big tackle at the end, you know, but makes the big block. They all run and congratulate him like he scored a goal. That's good. That's really, really good. And once that's there in a team, you don't want to lose that. You don't want to start messing around saying, well, do you know what? I'm going to make seven changes this week, lads. You played really well last week. But Bruno, I know you want to play every minute, but go and sit on the bench so I can give Donny a game. That will happen. 
Donnie will get a match eventually, whether it be in what, the cup. Watford, or, probably. I'd, I'd Watford, exactly. No doubt, yeah. no doubt that he'll play in those games. No doubt at all that he'll get minutes. And for him, the challenge is exactly what he said a few weeks ago when he was playing for Holland. And he said, I'm really happy at Manchester United. I know I'm not playing as much as I want to play, but I totally understand that this is a new experience for me and this is a step up. And he kind of said that. He went, Ajax, a massive club but I kind of already realised how much bigger Manchester United are and I'm good with that. I realise that I have to be better. I have to be physically better. I have to be technically ready for the Premier League and I've got competition. You know, he looks around there and he sees Paul Pogba and he's not thinking, I'm better than that Paul Pogba World Cup winning bloke. You know, I, I think I'll have his shirt. He's not thinking that. He's got respect. So they play together. They train together. These players will get minutes. Tellers, we were all really hot on him coming, weren't they? Weren't we? We were really hot on Tellers coming to the club with his numbers and all of that. Would I pick Tellers next week? No chance. Luke Shaw, he is the left back now. And Tellers has to show that he can displace Luke Shaw. It doesn't matter if you're progressive or not. You've got to do the whole job. You've got to defend. You've got to attack. Luke Shaw today, fantastic on the front foot. As you said, looked like Luke Shaw that we bought from Southampton as a kid. He looked yeah, overlapping, overlapping. But do you see what I meant about last week about overlapping? Is that... It's one of those things that when when the person on the left-hand side of that midfield has got the ball, that, that fullback has just got to go. Head down, sprint into the corner flag because that opens up for everything for that midfielder. And Luke Shaw did it all night long tonight. Every time he got that chance, he sprinted. And also he did it with the ball at his feet, which is what surprised me quite a bit. He was actually dribbling in towards the last third with the ball at pace. And you're thinking... Yeah, Luke Shaw's got it in his head. He understands what he needs to do because he's thinking, if I don't do this and Tellers just plays and I and, and I Rob, don't. It's confidence as well. That's a yeah. massive thing. When Gerald's got a question here, do you guys think this team has characters now go ahead and mount a proper triple challenge? I'm not sure. Let's let's just the triple let's challenge. Just what, let's triple. I, I mean, I don't know. Let us know if you're talking about the travel. But let's just talk about the Premier League now. For me, what I'm noticing massively with Luke Shaw is it's a confidence thing as well. But also, mm. you've got to remember who the managers were before when he signed. Louis van Gaal shows a really hardly progressive attacking football. So when you're a fullback and you're being asked to do much more defensive work, to change that around and after a big injury like that, he's now got a manager who's asking him to go and play on the front foot. And it's going to take a little bit of time. Oh, it was title charge, Gerald was saying. A title challenge, sorry. Title challenge. Now, going on to sort of the confidence. I mean, you're seeing a lot of these players are confidence confidence players. This team is a confidence team, Rob. When we get the first goal, we always look like we're probably going to go and win the game. When we concede, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? So when I look at this side, do they have the character? I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there in terms of... I think there's not enough leaders in this side. I don't think there's enough... I think when your backs are against the wall, I think that's when we're going to see it against a really good side. Now, I just think this this United team is still a year behind in challenge. I'm not saying we can't win it this year. Possibly we can. But I just think that we're a year ahead with everything that's going on. I think we've surprised ourselves this season. And I also think that with what's going on with COVID, the condensed schedule, a lot of teams are looking worse as well. We're starting to pick up some momentum. So I'm not sure about the character yet. I think it will take time. I still think we need to win one or two little trophies before we can start thinking about the Premier League. Okay, let's stop dealing in cliches because this is what happens in football. We always talk in cliches. I don't think United need trophies, like little trophies, League Cups here, just to, to feel better about themselves. I don't think it works like that. This is how I kind of see it. You don't really know that you've got character 
until you've won something and the character's proven. So if you go and win the Premier League this year, you'll prove your character, don't you? Because people then go, oh, you didn't bottle it. You did well. You got there. That's when you prove it. We are rightfully still questioning Manchester United's overall character. But what I will say is this. I do think that from their general play and where they're kind of looking after their positions down the way they're knitting their football together, that's not about I've got confidence in one another. That's just a kind of collective uprising where they're all kind of thinking, right, we've got to win now. We're in this position. We are here now. We've, we've come so far. Do we take the next step and become contenders? Or do we kind of just fall back into the nowhereness where we were under Van Gaal and under Mourinho? Because that was the problem was there, that there were kind of moments where you thought, oh, this team's got character. They've just gone and battered Spurs three. You know, I remember when Van Gaal's team did that. And we thought, wow, this is, a, this is a turning point. United, I think, won 10 in a row after that. And people were like, they've got it. They've got the character. And then it all fell apart. We were only really assessed that character, I think, Haydar, at the end of the season. That's when we can kind of go, let's look back and be retrospective and say, right, what did we see and what did we feel? I, I lean towards what you were saying. I think that we may be still a little bit behind, but maybe not a year. You know, like I, I always, again, think that I like to measure things in years. I always say give a manager a year. And I think that we still have to wait to the end of the season to say if we're happy with Ole or not. We might still get to the end of this season and go, no, it was good, but it wasn't quite good enough and Ole's not the right manager. But I don't believe that's where we are at the moment. I think the, the club is on a high. I think the boys are on a high. I think Ole's coaching from the dugout, and, and we can't just say this for substitutes because substitutes are a bit of a guess sometimes. Yeah, you've got to kind of make a split decision and decide, you know, I'm going to bring Tunes AB on for 10 minutes. Is that going to help my team or not? It's more about the compounding of the tactics. How do the tactics that I have thrown out there from my brain onto this football pitch how has it worked out? It seems to be working. 4-2-3-1 is not a defensive formation. And Manchester United are now making it look like an offensive formation. So that is good. That shows that the coaching that they're getting is that they're feeling better within those realms and that they're improving. Uh, it's a wait and see. You know, it's one of those magic formulas that we can't really put out on a on an algebra graph and kind of write it up and say, well, X, X squared plus this equals whatever. It doesn't really work like that. It's more about just seeing how results pan out. Villa are a good team who would have beaten this Man United team with this kind of performance not so long ago. But United, you know, when the goals went in and it was one all, what did they do? They went up the other end of the pitch and scored. Yeah. That's, that is character. That's yeah. what I'm looking at. I'm looking at and saying, did, did I spot four heads go down? And did I have five heads and six heads? Or what happened? You know, did, did Wan-Bissaka suddenly go, no, I'm not going forward anymore because I'm playing at right back and I'm just going to look after my little bit of turf there? These things didn't happen. And I think that's the collective character as a United fan and someone that studies the team. That's what I want to see because they were high all the way through the game right to the end. And they needed to be because otherwise Villa were going to score. Villa were going to get something out of that game by hella high water because they deserved it. They played well today, Villa. But United said, no, we want the points. We're in a title race here. If we don't get these points, we can't call ourselves title challengers. You know, that's why I say as a fan, I don't look at the table yet. It's good to know we're up there and it's good to know that our performances are being rewarded by points. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What I like the most, Rob, is that not at one, not at one stage tonight did the team look like they thought they couldn't win it. That was the key. I felt like they knew that they were a cut above, even though, like you said, it's a very good Villa side. But I felt the confidence. And we saw that the way we were playing, passing the ball around, the quick interchanges. You know, I think that there are players now who do believe that, you know, things fall into place, as Ben said here. 
I feel a lot of things had to fall into place for United to win the league this season, but we're 100% on the right path. Agreed. I do think slowly, slowly but surely, the players are thinking, now this could this could really culminate in a really fantastic season this season. I Take think they're realising, Haydar, they're realising that you've just got to beat what's in front of you every week. Yeah, don't think too far ahead. You know, like the, the manager's job is to plan ahead and to look at his teams and get his formations right for teams. But when you're a player, you've got to go out there and just give 100% every week and if you come off the pitch and you're lost, you kind of go, well, I played brilliantly today, but, you know, so-and-so didn't and it didn't work. Right, we've got to get back on the training pitch and work that out now. But if you play to your potential every week, you've only got to go and beat that team and put more goals in the net than them. That's the simplicity of football. That's why Liverpool are so good because they go, well, you know, we didn't play well today, but we won 3-0. <laughs> we had four shots on goal today, doesn't matter, because we we stifled them, we we suffocated them in midfield. And when we got the ball to Salah or Mane or Firmino, whoever it is, they put it in the net, we won the game. If football is that simple, is that, you know, if you can get the ball in the net and you can defend, then you've got a really good chance of winning the title. Because if you do it every week, you've only got to go and beat Aston Villa twice in a season. You know, you've only got to go and beat Liverpool twice in a season. You don't play them eight times, you know. So, And you don't always have to beat the top three or four to win a title. You have to beat the bottom 16, as I always call them. So it's the that's bottom your, 16. That's your bread and butter, isn't it? You've got to beat the small teams. You've got to burn beat Burnley every week. I always use Burnley as an example. It's unfair. But any team that kind of like any of your more kind of industrial teams in the league, you've got to go, you've got to be, you've got to go and play Brighton and take three points off them. You've got to go to Newcastle and take three points off them. You know, when teams come to Old Trafford, whoever they are, Liverpool, whoever, you are expecting to take three points off them. That's the kind of mindset that you must have to go and win a Premier League title. We're getting there, and you're seeing that in games like tonight, where I think when it goes to one all a year ago, they go, don't fancy this. It's a bit cold tonight. It's freezing. We're under the cameras. There's loads of people watching us, millions around the world, and I want to get off this football pitch as quick as possible. Oh, no, Villa have scored again. It's 2-1, and now we're going to be you know, have the world on and Twitter's going to blow up and everyone's going to be on my social media going mad at me, like, you know, Van Paul Pogba. So all of those things do matter. They do happen. But it's more important that United kind of just take it one game at a time and just say, right, whoever we're playing this week, we're going to come and MB Man United. You know, when I, if we play Liverpool tomorrow, I'm up for it. You know, this but that, United but that's team... that's the question who's got here, Rob. What are we expecting from the Liverpool game? A win? Yeah, well, let's okay. Well, we, let's talk a little bit just about that before we kind of uh, wrap up and kind of end the show. When you look at what Liverpool are doing this year, they're playing a kind of moderation of four-two-three-one. Now, in years gone by, at their pomp, they've played four-three-three. They've they've allowed themselves to play with a kind of front six, allowing them to get the ball as quick as possible to that magnificent world-class trident at the top end of the field. They're not doing that at the moment because they haven't got the talent in the team to do it. They can't pass from the centre-backs into the midfield, whether it go wider with one pass and back inside. They haven't got that talent. So Klopp knows that. So we're seeing that in their performances. Now, I said in the last game, was it the West Brom, was it, they drew with? Was it, was and it Newcastle Brom? as well. They just and Newcastle. Yeah, both of those games lacked the kind of normal Liverpool intensity. So if I'm Klopp, I'm sat there tonight thinking i got to make sure my boys are up for this because they play United and United have got intensity. I'm not sure we're going to be able to keep up with them. So we might even go into that game as slight favourites, which is weird. You know, we don't That's want to it. talk like that. We don't want to talk like that. But it means that Liverpool know that they've got to kind of take another level in their development this season without their star talent. And when your talent's gone, 
it's so hard. You can feel that you're there or you can talk to each other and say, yeah, we're still the champions and all of this. But I've seen it with Fergie's teams. Once you started taking talent out, there's just more chance that you lose. It's just kind of the way of the world. It's football in a nutshell. And and I just think we bang United. United would play anyone in the world now. If they were playing those two Champions League games tomorrow, they'd be in. They'd be through. Honestly, they would do it because they're on that level now. Whereas when they That's played those games, they were still That's kind of scratching them, you know, scratching like this and going, oh, you know, we need a draw, but are we, you know, can, are we good enough to get a draw or do we have to just go hell for leather every week and try and beat Team 6-0 like we did the other week? No, you have to find ways to win. And like tonight, United found a way to win, but also played attacking football. What did you say? 19 shots on goal? Yeah, 19 shots. 19 shots on goal. I think a slightly, a little bit less of the possession, but only really on 50-50s. Yeah. And when you look at it, for them, you know, you take Grealish out of their side, you know, are they are they a team that can beat Man United? No, they couldn't beat them with Grealish in their team. And it's because United did the defensive work tonight as well as also doing the work in the final third. Just to add, because I watched Liverpool the other day, I've watched them a few times this season, but massively missing Van Dijk, obviously. It's not just mm -hmm. about his ability as a defender, but like you said, the ball-playing ability, confidence yeah. as well. Another yeah. thing as well I've noticed, I think Thiago is going to be quite key for Liverpool because as soon as he came on, he was spraying passes and they got an, they had an extra dimension. The biggest thing, I think, is if he can keep fit. We know that he's pretty much made of glass. He's not someone that can keep fit, but I think that's a quite a key player that United should be hoping isn't going to be playing when United play because I just he's think also that a player. He's also a player that doesn't know his teammates yet. Not That's true. Them. Yeah. So, like so again, there's an expectation because he, of what he did at Bayern Munich that he just, you know, he just does what he did at Bayern Munich at, at Liverpool. I don't subscribe to that. I think it's gonna be really hard for him to come up to pace after these injuries to p play 90 minutes and be the Thiago that we know he can be. It's a bit like Paul when Paul Pogba's injured. Paul Pogba's carrying an injury. He can't be the Paul Pogba we think he is or that he can be. So I think that Thiago might not even start that game. He might have to because of injuries. But he came off the bench in that game and should was spraying passes. But I think United were right with that. If he's a number six sat deep, you kind of go, I deal with that. I don't care if it's a world-class player there. I can look after the And you ball get Bruno Fernandes hunting him down. You, you, you just go and press him. He's not 100% fit. You put him in areas, you know, you let Martial drop a little bit more and stick to him a little bit closer and you play through him. And we said this about Premier League football. You know, Thiago likes to play at a certain pace. He's done it in Germany. He doesn't have to break a sprint in Germany for the last few years. He really hasn't, you know. But you've seen that in the top end of the game, he's still got it. You know, he's a fantastic player. We'd have loved him at United, wouldn't we, to go and play that similar role. Yeah. But... I don't sit here tonight and think, oh, we got Thiago, I'm worried. Not at all. I just think, no, Thiago will be thinking, looking at that midfield, damn, I'm going to have to do a lot of running today and I don't really fancy it. It's cold, you know, so it's a horrible it's a horrible day here in Merseyside or in, or in Manchester and I've really got to kind of bring it out and really show what I can do on the ball. But my issue as Thiago is I haven't got the quality around me. So if you have, I would like Fabinho next to me. Where is he? Oh, no, he's playing centre-back. So it's all those little isms that I think give United a little bit of an edge. We just need to keep people fit now. That's a really important thing going into the Liverpool game. Hey, I know we want to wrap up, but I want to talk about Grealish just before we go. That yeah, that's right? fine. I've got a good comment right. here. Yeah, let's do it. But H1's money saying Pogba and Grealish, two players keeping the beautiful game alive, and you love to see it. I think he's fantastic, Rob. I'm just going to get his statistics up, though, today. And he actually didn't have any shots, which was very, very surprising. His pass success was fantastic. 92% with four key passes. He was very accurate. and uh, But he gave away four fouls and he's dispossessed three times. So 
all in all, if you actually look at it, he wasn't as effective as he could have been. But I think the biggest thing for me is that we gave him, didn't give him too much space on the ball, closing him down. But when we did do it, he was fighting in some lovely balls. He's got so much quality for me. And I just think he's, uh, I think he's a fantastic player. As you said earlier on, if United do stick with this formation and Pog believes, if he plays in that, you know, that wide left position that Pogba was playing, I think he could be absolutely fantastic there. He could be. Right. But let's look at it like this. Like you're saying the, some of the stats there. The big stat, that's most important stat today, is that he got the assist. So when he got on that left-hand side, he got the ball, brought it onto his right foot, curled it into the back post and scored a goal. So that's his job. So he did that bit of his job today. What I will say is this, is that if he comes into the Man United team, he can't be the Jack Grealish that we see at Villa. He can't be. He's going to have to do more. He's going to have to work harder. He's going to have to cover more. Now, I'm not saying that he hasn't got that in his game. You know, I, I think that he has. I think he's physically fit. I think he would, could get with the with the formula. I think he would be infinitely more suited to that role, like we're saying, in terms of the left-hand side than, say, Donny van der Beek. Donny van der Beek's not really that kind of play. He wants to play as, a, as someone playing central or behind a striker. What we saw tonight that I liked about Jack Grealish was that he had to go and solve problems so he didn't he did he wasn't allowed to play on the left hand side which is where he plays pretty much all the time we know he floats into the middle like a number 10 but he went and saw that there was space on the right hand side he was thinking i'm going to double up on luke shaw because luke shaw's going forward and i'm going to find the space behind now that's what he did well tonight and that's what kept villa on the front foot because it meant that united's double pivot had to shift to the left to go and look after him a little bit more that's what i liked about him tonight some of the virtuoso stuff that he does, the assist was good. It's okay, but it doesn't win you titles. It really doesn't. You know, when you look at kind of what the top teams do, it's about being economical first and foremost. It's about accuracy. And maybe for me, that's, you know, Jack Grealish got fouled a lot today. And the reason we fouled a lot is because he just sits on the ball for 10 minutes. So someone goes over and kicks him. That's what United did today. And, 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 that's a, and that's a good tactic against Jack Grealish because rather than letting him get his head up and kind of go on a swivel and find out where players are, you just put him on the floor. And that's okay. He was the most foul player in the Premier League last year. And people said to me, oh, it's because he's so good on the ball. I went, no, it's because he just sits we, on the ball We too had this long. discussion in the summer. Do you remember we spoke yeah, about this? We did. And, you said and, this. Yeah. And, and I think with Jack Grealish, he's going to cost a lot of money. So if you sell Paul Pogba for a lot of money, you might be able to balance the books. But I would still say today that Jaden Sancho would make Manchester United a better team than Jack Grealish would today. That doesn't mean that if the system changed that Jack Grealish couldn't fit into it. But if you're going to pay 80 million, say, for Jack or 90 million or something around that, and it's going to be heinous, especially if he pl continues playing well this year. Say Villa end up fourth in the league this year, something crazy because they're so good. Yeah, and Jack Grealish gets player of the year. He's going to be worth 120 million. Then you can't really afford him. <laughs> then you'd be like, mm, I don't ever want to pay that money for him. However, if you can get him for a decent price at some point, then you might look at him. I don't think that he's the kind of, you know, the answer to take United over the top as a player. I think there are other players. I want Alaba. You know, I think Alaba's the player that takes this apparently, team over the top. Apparently, he's, uh, it's going to be announced in the morning that he's signed for Real Madrid. I don't know. It's just like he's going to go to Real Madrid. But that anyway, that's how it happens. That, that, that's the way it goes. I, I said before that if it comes down to money, he'll go to the Premier League. And if he wants, he'd said about Real Madrid two years ago and Barcelona, both teams a bit were hunting him and kind of courting him and all of this. So if he goes there, fair play. 
you can go and play for Real Madrid. They're a great football club. But for me, that's what United need. They need someone who can kind of have the quality of, of an Alaba to take you over the top. Jack Grealish, we'd be welcome at United if you lost Pogba, but I would still then say I would prefer a central midfielder that can put their foot on the ball, can give you accuracy and give you economy. Yeah, I agree. And I still think that Sancho's number one, Rob. We saw the reports coming out that United are still very much interested. I still, I really like Jack Grealish, but I agree with you. As time has gone on, I'm thinking, where's he going to play? Is he going to play off the left? Well, that's where Marcus plays. Essentially, he likes to play as well. That's where Bruno plays. Can he play deeper? I'm not too sure. He did last season. What I liked about him... And like this you is wouldn't want him deeper, though, would you? You no, wouldn't you want would, him deeper. One of, the, one of the biggest things, United struggle a lot against you know teams that press high, for example. I think he's a good player that can carry through the press. So that's why I wanted him last season. But he doesn't play there this year. So he plays further yeah. forward. He's more effective. He's got end product. So can you play on the right? Well, he's again, that's a square peg in the round hole, isn't it? Because he's not a right winger. So for me, and you've this got to go team, right This Villa team is his team. Yeah, this yeah, Villa team is built. Him. This team is built around everything that Jack Grealish wants to do. So if Jack Grealish goes out there and says, I'm going on the right today, lads, shift over. That's the formation that they kind of work with. They'd work with it in training and they'd do it. And that's what they're executing because that's the kind of vision of the pitch they see that day with Jack Grealish pulling the strings where he wants to play, you know, in agreement, obviously, with their coach. But that wouldn't happen at United. You know, and Jack Grealish might have to sit on the bench some weeks. Jack Grealish might go, well, this week, you know, we're playing a different formation and we can't afford to have his style of play in that position, you know, or, you know, you, then you'd be saying, right, well, do you play Rashford? Do you play Martial? Do you drop Bruno? There's other questions. He would up the quality. And there's no doubt about that. You know, he's a ball player and he's a cultured footballer, but is he the, you know, for the price, the correct player that will take United over the top? I'm still jury's out for me. Let's see what happens to the end of the season. You know, we might get to the end of the season and go, yeah, he's exactly what we need now. He's the kind of player that's taking the next step. And Jaden Sanchez had a terrible year in the Bundesliga or whatnot. And let's do it. Ruben Neves. Yeah, Ruben, I was going to bring it up. Ruben Neves is the player that if, if you're not going to go and buy a player tomorrow in the, in the January transfer window, it literally opens tomorrow, you could go there and say, right, he was the kind of player that I would target because he gives you a ball player in the pivot. And he also gives you someone who can play 4 free free. He could also play um, further up and advanced. He scored plenty of goals in the championship when Wolves came up that first year. He showed that he can finish. But that's not what you're, what you're buying him for. You're buying him because he gives you control. And, and I think he would probably be better than, say, Fred in that aspect. Fred might have more energy and a little bit more verve. But Ruben Neves, ball on the deck, the boy's sweet. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And there's a good comment here that we're going to wrap up with Rob from H Mons Money. So this is about Grealish. To be fair, as a winger, I'd rather have a more speedy Mane or Rashford style player. I think Grealish is a prime star for a mid-table team. Fantastic at several things, but not a specialist in the position. And central midfielder, I'd rather a real controller like Tony Kroos or a versatile interior deep line playmaker combo like Paul Pogba. And and they they are really that's a really good comment because that actually reflects modern football. I know fans want entertainment and flair and we started this program by saying about United finally having some flair when they've not had any for a long time. But I think Jack Grealish would struggle to get in the Liverpool team. I think he just would just in terms of the way the formation were unless he was playing in the attack. And would you play him ahead of Mane, Salah or Firmino? Well, the answer is no, no and no. So If they're playing 4-2-3-1, you could probably play him behind as number you 10. Could, you, you could, but the reason why they went and bought Jota is because they wanted a player that kind of mimics what their players already in the team kind of do. So they're not bringing in Jota to kind of be a, 
you know, silky ball player. Do you know what I mean? It, he's in this kind of repeat function. So if you take Mane out, he kind of does a little bit what Mane does. He can even do it through the middle. If you take Salah out, or takes uh, Firmino out, he can kind of play a number nine role as well. Jack Grealish can also do all of those things. It's just that he would do them differently. And like we just said there, Jack Grealish dilly-dallies on the ball quite a bit, which is why he gets fouled. And you're not a team like Liverpool. You're not looking for set pieces generally. You want to kind of slice through teams. And United are the same. And I agree with that comment. You know, you want someone maybe like a Tony Kroos type midfielder who plays a little bit deeper, runs a show, can kind of intercept, can get the ball on the deck. Grealish is the middleman, like you just said there. You play 4-2-3-1 like we did tonight. He could definitely play on the left where Pogba did. But he wouldn't be able to do Pogba things. He doesn't have Pogba's athleticism. He's not going to help at set pieces, you know. He's not going to help you with those other things that do matter. You know, there are other parts of the game than just being a ball player. But United do need ball players. And Jack Grealish might be the answer come next summer if it all goes wrong this year, or we might get to the end of the season and say, well, United are champions, so we don't need a ball player. <laughs> I agree with that. Look, there's so much, there's so much to talk about, Rob. I wish we had longer, but it is time to wrap up. Guys, thank you very much for your comments. We've got so much exciting growth and news coming, you know, sort of in 2021, haven't we, Rob? We're going to be really pushing and building this show and making it as, as insightful as possible for all you amazing listeners. So you've been really key in helping us grow the show and make sure you tell everyone about it. Rob, have you got anything else to add to that? No, thanks as always for watching the show. Another great win for Manchester United. Obviously, this show is much easier to do when we win, much easier to do. But I do understand that when we lose, a lot of you are a lot more active and you want to know more because you've seen things that go wrong. It's good we'll have some balance. The questions today were fantastic. Um, and we can talk about United in a positive sense. And that's a really, really good thing to do. Absolutely. And we should be back after the EFL semi-final against Manchester City. So thank you very much for listening and good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.